Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Group Text. I'm so excited because... This is the place where I get to talk about everything my friends and I have been texting about all week. I'm so excited for today. We are going to be talking about something that my friends and I have been obsessed with. It's called the Varsity Blues Scandal, which is this big scandal about all these people trying to get their kids into college. So I'm going to introduce who's here with me because we have the A-team here to talk about it. First of all, we have Lisa Bloom, the attorney. You've heard of her. The woman is a lightning rod. We have her feet. We have to have her grounded to make sure that should should something happen and uh, that she doesn't, like, blow up in front of us. But you are going to be our legal expert on this because you know this case inside and out. We also have Sarah Harberson, who is a national college counselor. You've also worked in admissions, but you have a website called? Application Nation. Application Nation, where she works with kids all over the country to legitimately get into college. We also have Howard Bragman, who I'm going to disclose is my publicist as well, who is a PR maven, but you really specialize in crisis PR, which frightens me that my life is just one crisis (laughs) to the next. (laughs) That's why we work together. The human pinball machine. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Howard! And of course, we have Sabrina Miller, the functional side of my brain. Hello. And a very special guest, my writing partner, Larry Amoros. (laughs) So let's just start. Let's go over what is this scandal. From what I understand, all these people, Lori Laughlin is now on her third People magazine cover about this. The most publicity she's gotten in years. Good point. (laughs) For all these people paying and falsifying applications to get their children into college. Sarah, I'm going to go right to you. Yeah. Explain. Walk us through this scandal. Yeah. So there have been things going on in the college admissions world for decades. This is really the first time that the public has learned about the unethical stuff that goes on behind closed doors, and the public is furious about it. The thing that crosses the line, because we all know we've heard of those students getting in because their parents donated a lot of money, this crosses the line because pieces of students' applications were falsified. And the question becomes, were the students involved at all? And it's hard to believe that these kids didn't know what was going on. But specifically, there was this guy, Rick Singer. Yes. Who was was sort of the mastermind of all of this. Yes. So in the past, when families or students cheated... They did it individually and privately. This guy brought all the players together. And Rick was very smart, even though he has no college admissions experience whatsoever. He knew that the most powerful department at a college or university 
is the athletics department. That is the biggest influencer in college admissions. If your child is getting recruited to play a sport, Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, if they have the support of the coach, it's almost 100% guaranteed that they will get admitted. And so he targeted these athletic coaches, which in some cases, they're not getting paid very much. They're getting paid bupkis. Right. These coaches, uh, especially at the, at, if they're assistant coaches, they are not making yeah. the big bucks. They're not Mm-mm. the, the you know... They're not Nick Saban. That's right. And so he figured out that these athletics coach, the, the athletics uh, department is the, the, the office to really target. Um, the, the question becomes, though, you know, what culpability does the admissions office have in all this, right? Right. Because if you look at a student's acceptance letter, it's not signed by the athletics department. It's signed by the admissions office. But specifically, so Rick got all these parents to give him... All at least take us through kind of what happened. Well, they lied, uh, and that's the crimes that they're all accused of. Right, it's so essentially they... lying, wire fraud, mail fraud. It's just just a fancy way of saying lying. So some of them pretended that they were great water polo players, for example, when they never played water polo before. So it's this uh, very extensive network and criminal conspiracy of lying. And I think that the courts have essentially gotten this right. The ones that have been sentenced so far have gotten short jail terms, a couple of weeks, uh, hit them with big fines. What I would like to see is have the ones that have money fund scholarships for the people who can't afford college, because those are the true victims here, is kids. I, I have two kids who went through college and did did well. And I have a foster son who comes from a very working class background who's currently in college and is struggling a little bit. So I've sort of seen this from both sides. And there's a huge amount of kids out there who play by the rules, who do what they're supposed to do, have a hard time getting into college, and when they get into college, have a hard time once they're there. And so I would love to see some funding go towards that. I don't see locking these people up for years and years as really doing anything positive. We have had a culture of mass incarceration for many years. It hasn't worked, so a lot of people want them to be locked up forever, but I just don't see it. I have to say, though, so Felicity Huffman got two weeks. For me, two weeks locked up, you go completely plant-based diet. <laughs> you work on meditating. Yeah. <laughs> not so bad. And let me tell you, she's not going to offend again. No. She's not going to send true. other kids to college. No, I, no, no she's, she's going to be good about it. She but did, how, how, how do you how do you start to? Well, let fix me let me say kid. something. Yeah. You know, Lisa, you talk about the court of law, and I talk about the court of public opinion. And you, as you mentioned, Lori Laughlin's on her third People magazine cover. <laughs> One reason this resonated so much is most families in America can relate to this because most families in America have had to scrimp and save to put their kids to college. Most families have had to worry and go through nail-biting sessions, will my kid get into college? And this reinforces everything everybody thinks about wealthy people and celebrities. One of the things that's potentially a little unfair is the fact that Felicity and Lori have become the poster children because this truly was not a Hollywood scandal. This was a rich people scandal more than a Hollywood scandal. But that's the price you pay. And the other thing, um, I do not represent either of them. I, I, without disclosing anymore, I've, I've cleaned up some things tangentially. Rick Singer was very 
sneaky smart in how he got people involved. He's like, I can help raise your kids' scores, help them get into college, and then sleazed them into these other things. And he he kind of like, your morality goes moment by moment and mm. kind of increment by yeah, increment. Howard, I have a quick, quick question. How did Rick Singer know which celebrities had dumb children? Is there like a database? <laughs> Who needs help? No, Who can't true. get into community college? Right. How'd that now, happen? Yeah. By the way, I have to disclose, just because I'm being really honest, I have a child that was a recruited athlete, but he did it honestly. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Sabrina and Howard and Larry can attest, I was a human train wreck yeah. through the process. <laughs> I mean, literally, I would, you know, I was a step away from like curled up in the fetal position till we knew this was a, a go. And one of the things was he was recruited. They did not know who I was, who my mother was. We had no connections to the school. And for his ego, that was very. And his last name is different than And his yours, last name is completely different than mine. So do you have any sympathy for the moms having gone through it as a human train wreck? That they, I mean, some people say, look, they overstepped. But I, have, moms... I, have, I have sympathy. I have not sympathy. I have understanding for, let's just say, like a Felicity Huffman. Because, oh my God, who doesn't want to boost their child's scores? But who, you, I mean, let's be, you know. Well, I, I understand that. I'm a mother also. But there is that moment, like Howard was saying, it's a moral thing where you decide to do right or to do wrong. Whether it's running a red light, whatever it is, you ultimately make that decision. Yes. But you lose your morality in increments. It's not a right. light mm. switch where, mm. oh, we're going to do this. And the people who are really smart at making you give up your morality are really smart at taking you inch by inch into the abyss. Well, well Felicity I, I, did the right thing. She did. I'm sorry. Well, I think I, my, my feeling is people have sympathy for Felicity and not Lori. Well, part. And, and let me say that... There's two parts to this. One is what you did, and one is what happens when you get caught, okay? And when... Now, I just... Because I'm a little bit shallow. Little? (laughs) (laughs) The depth of a skillet. (laughs) I personally see... Crater Lake. (laughs) I see perhaps a Lifetime movie. I see Felicity. It's already been done. Exactly. I see. I see. Who's going to play Felicity? Lori Laughlin. Oh, God. How perfect is that? You know what? I sincerely think that Felicity took a page from Martha Stewart's book. Yes, she yes. did. Yep. Yep. Be a smart cookie about it. Be an OG. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry. So I have a question for Howard. So these, what is it, two or three People magazine covers for Lori? Is that a good thing for her? Mm. Lo- when- it's, a, wait, it's a good thing for the downloads for all those Hallmark movies. <laughs> no, like- it's horrible. Lori <laughs> is, is it- having a horrible time. And I'll tell you what's what's going on. All things being equal, they weren't equal going into it. You have Felicity and you have Lori. You have Felicity, who's... Who's well, got a more 000. right? Well, she did a it's lesser true. thing. Number one, number two, she's got a more eclectic career. Lori is Aunt Becky. She's on Hallmark Channel. Yeah. So if they were equal, she has a tougher road to hoe to begin with. Okay, that's number one. But there are PR textbooks that are going to be written about this case 
Felicity did virtually everything right. She went the first time she went to court, she looked like it was the worst day of her life. Mm-hmm. Lori went to court, as I say, in her clown car full of attorneys, <laughs> looking like her stylist dressed her, smiling like and waving like signing she was autographs. signing autographs, looking like she was at the People's Choice Awards. Yes. It was the worst. It whoever was advising uh-huh. her was giving her the worst advice. Or and maybe it, she didn't take their advice. She did her own thing, right? That's very possible. Well, I heard cases. from people close to her, and I know Lori, and I reached out, and I was told that we they don't believe in crisis PR. Oh. And it's like, <laughs> okay. Well, okay. that's a parent. My that's a parent. Crisis <laughs> well, you, know, PR. you mentioned the money thing, and for me, as just an outside observer to this, a lot of parents can say, well, geez, we could scrape together $15,000 to get our kids ahead. Lori spent five hundred thousand. Couldn't they have had something? Allegedly, one. How, how dumb those? were those children? Yeah, they needed a half. The, I mean, Aww. that's a truckload Amy, of money. for five hundred thousand, yeah. could they have not done a naming opportunity? Wait. So now yes. let's get into that a little yeah. bit about do- legitimate donations. Yeah. So colleges and universities. It's not just about USC. It's every college in the country has people that they're watching, their donors, influential alumni. And those individuals will have children, or they're just advocating for children that they supposedly know. That's been going on for, you know, the history of time. Um, and I think most American families always feel a little bit uncomfortable, like, oh, that family's kid got into X university because they donated a building. But that's above board. Um But the thing is, it gets seedier as you look within an admissions office. And that's the thing here. I think we really are, everybody is forgetting this admissions role in all of this. This is the tip of the iceberg. This is just, we are about to hear what really goes on. And I feel feel bad because technically I was a recruited athlete for tennis back in the day to a Division III school. I think recruited athletes are getting a bad name when in reality they have worked hard. They have sacrificed so much to get to this point. We're hearing about these kids who had no athletic ability. Um, But the fact is when an admissions officer gets that application from Olivia Jade, she is a recruited rower. That would mean she's on the national level. Right. Her application would not add up. I don't care how quickly an application is read. Mm. The admissions officer is going through the application going, well, that's funny. None of her teachers and the college counselor who wrote the letter in the application, none of them are mentioning that Mm. she does crew. That's odd. Okay, let's look at the activities list. If you are a recruited athlete, that dominates your activities list. You I know have Cooper, time for a little bit. He basically had no activity. He had like two activities besides lacrosse. Yeah. And of course, you know, bringing mother her Chardonnay and her, <laughs> That's her, her happy pills at five o'clock every day. Yeah. But I didn't think that was an appropriate activity for his for his application. But that's just me moving on. Um, but it's true. He did not have a lot of outside. So let's think about Olivia yeah. Jade's application. Right. Was she in on it? If she was, then her activities list would reflect that she was this nationally recruited rower who could make the Olympic team. My question is, 
what they said, she's on the crew team, that's an easily disprovable thing. It's not like it's couched somewhere. Just to play devil's advocate, but then, so do admissions officers have to be detectives? I mean, I yes. don't they take these things at face value and assume that they're true? So not when I was on the college side reading literally, you know, thousands of applications at a time, you do, you, you read between the lines. You, you are incredibly aware of kids that age, what they're capable of in terms of their essays and their writing, and if things don't match up. Well, you told me on the yeah. phone, people now are hiring writers. Ghostwriters oh, for I essays. That. Really? Absolutely. Really? And so admissions, I mean, I remember being at a major Ivy League university reading applications and going, this doesn't add up. But here's the other thing. We used to always get a lot of anonymous tips or letters or emails saying, Look out for that student because what they're saying in their application isn't accurate. So that Ooh, a yeah, and so at that point, <laughs> whistleblower, you, whistleblower. I want to know who it is. Yep. But that was the only time we would follow up. Everything else was just based on assumptions, wow. and we didn't have to explain ourselves. You know, if a family called up to say, "Why did you deny my student?" We would say, "Well, we do holistic admissions. We're allowed to admit whomever we want." So there's no official verification going on in the admissions office as well. Um, and so that's, you know, I'm sure these admissions offices at this point going into this cycle have had to do major training and had to put in place some things, some checks and balances, because this cannot happen. The public is absolutely not trusting of these colleges and universities. And we're, we're missing the point. We're supposed to be celebrating kids and what they've accomplished. But in fact, we are giving kids who don't deserve it. I want to know about these kids that posed for pictures. Yeah. <laughs> like, look at me, I'm rowing, look at me, I'm a water polo player, you know. But they, they may Photoshop the kid's head on onto like a water, water polo. So the kids may not have known. I mean, is there any evidence well, with the water kids did you know? have to wear a like a special little beanie. Right, so, but I thought the kids They did said it was a yarmulke. Okay, okay. <laughs> I want to be careful. <laughs> I want to be careful because I don't think there is any evidence that, at least that I'm aware, that the kids did know. That they did have one child did on they? an erg, which is a rowing machine, a workout thing uh, that well, is you. It's a massive piece of equipment. Mm -hmm. So I have a question then. So if now the line is blurred as to whether or not the, the, the child should had any sort of knowledge or involvement mm -hmm. now you know damn well those parents are like look if somebody comes and questions you today you love water you swallow a lot of it <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying it, there's no way that they didn't know and, and these girls I'm mm. sorry I'm sorry but it's just such an entitled yeah position because even when you saw those girls on social media it was like I'm in but I don't even know if I'm going right what Right. You know, that was my kid. It's like, girl, let me tell you something. Yeah. You little dumb, stupid person. It wouldn't have happened like that. So there's no way that these children did not know because their parents. Yeah, but so here's the next question. Even let's say they knew they're still going to buck their parents on this, even if they're legally 18. If my mother would say or would say, you're going to do this to go to college, mm -hmm. sign it. Mm -hmm. I would have signed it. I wouldn't have argued with them. I, I might have mm -hmm. balked a little bit, but I would have signed it. Oh, I would have signed right away. Yeah, I, I would have signed like, right away. Oh, I yeah. have with mm -hmm. So they still may be 18. They're still teenagers. I just, I'm just saying they know. They, there is some knowledge of what is going on. They're not completely oblivious to what their well, parents I are mean, doing. Well, I mean, maybe it's because, you know, I'm, I'm an attorney. I represent people every day who are imperfect, who make mistakes, who mm -hmm. do dumb things. And, you know, I... I 
people don't necessarily know. I, I don't know here. You may very I, I, well be I right. I don't know them but personally. I, but here's something else that, that I do know, which is the power of public shaming is very profound. Almost I mean, people, definitely. People have killed themselves when they've been publicly shamed. Absolutely. Right? And, it's not and, just, so, and it's not just these two girls. No. Right. And yeah, that's why I, you know, people say throw the book at the parents. I'm, you know, they have been through probably the worst experience of their lives with the public shaming. I, I think that's enough, frankly, in my view. And let them pay to send poor kids to college and, and move on. But let's I, actually I, go back to them. And these kids. Who right, but let's go back to Lori Laughlin for a second, who is... Absolutely standing on a soapbox at this point, screaming not guilty and saying she was duped and mm. saying in this latest People Magazine article mm. that allegedly ale- that that she. Yeah, I'm not sure you can necessarily believe what you're hearing right. in People Magazine. Right, but allegedly mm. saying Wait, that every parent. It's not gospel that, truth in the tabloids? No, that's 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 the National Enquirer. Oh. Okay, come on. Thank you. No, but allegedly saying that then every parent who's ever donated a library or whatever, she felt it was on par with that. Hmm. But it's not. But it's this not. This was strictly private. It had. It, you donate a library, it's for the greater good. This had no greater good to it. It was for the good of their family. Right. Well, it's like, you know, it's like saying, I believe littering and murder are on a par. They're not. Right. It's not the well, same yes, thing. Proportionality. So by the way, unless you're dropping off a severed head and littering with that. <laughs> well, that is a series. <laughs> yeah. So there is sometimes <laughs> that's murder Netflix. and that's what happened to Nana's head. Yeah. So Netflix. is Lori going to trial over this? Yes. Oh, yes. So that's the crazy. question. What I've, is likely? That is crazy. And they just added more charges. They did. They added more charges. Uh, so well. what do you think is likely? They've added now. It's up to forty, potentially forty-five years. Yes. Uh, she better like have some good. Listen, I you know I do trials all the time. I fight cases in court in front of juries, and you better have some pretty strong evidence and witness. So I'm saying on Lori's side, they better have something. Otherwise, she's looking at a lot more time than she would have done if she, she had done a plea bargain. She has a lot of expensive lawyers just right? in those. Well, there's nothing wrong with paying your lawyer. And for them to justify. Well, that that is what true. Kind of, but what do you say? I mean, and this is really for for Lisa and Howard. What do you say? What do you say to a client like this? What do you say when, they, when say they've gone what, rogue? I would almost. say what Felicity did. But what you happens what? when they've gone rogue? What do you do now? Well, I can tell you because I have a lot of clients who want to go rogue. And, <laughs> you, you've and, had and a few. Me. So, uh, listen, I'm the type of lawyer who will give my clients the truth whether they want to hear it or not. So a lot of lawyers will pound their chest and say, we're going to fight till the end and you're going to be acquitted. And, it's gonna, you know, and by the way, pay me a million dollars for this. I don't believe in that. I believe in radical honesty with my clients. Look, you have a tough case. Here's the evidence against you. The odds are 95% you're going to be convicted. You are crazy to go to trial. You need to plea bargain. So a lot of lawyers, a lot of clients don't like to hear that. A lot of humans don't like to hear the truth, especially when it's difficult. But I think that's my ethical obligation to people is but to what give do them you the do cold when, hard What facts. do you do when they ignore that? Well, it depends. If I have an ethical issue, then I have to withdraw, and I've done that in a number of cases. If I don't have an ethical issue, I might continue to fight for them. Do I you mean, tell them they're stupid? <laughs> I, I will tell them that they are uh, taking foolish. a very foolish course, and I'll probably tell them in writing, and mm-hmm. I'll make them sign off on it and send it back to me that they're taking this risk that's against my best advice as their attorney. But look, people get to make their own decisions. It's their case. It's not. It's their life, and you know, people are going to do what they're going to do. That's how it is working with human beings. You never know what. And I'm do. parallel with Lisa. <laughs> it's my job to tell them the truth. It is not my job to 
hand them a rose garden. It's my job to say, listen, I know you want to do this, and I know you have these 12 mitigating issues, but here's how it's likely to go down, and you need to know this, and I would advise you to take the first deal, which is usually the best deal, Mm -hmm. and let's get through this. You also (laughs) have to understand, if you're representing somebody and they're going to look like hell do you want to be associated with them too? You have to make that decision. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you just have to go, you know what? I think we have a difference of opinion and I don't think we're on the same page here and I wish Mm -hmm. you the best. But just like with Lisa and Howard having to tell their clients, you know, here's the real truth. What do you tell parents? Do you just say, like, your kid's stupid, the schools aren't going to work? So, Like Larry was asking, like, how's... 500,000, now that's either $250,000 a child or maybe one kid's a buck because the kid's smart and the other one's a complete idiot. Right. That's an awful lot of money to bribe yeah. to get two kids into school. There's some ego involved in that. There's more cash. That's a lot of money. But most of the families that come to me, the kids are incredible. They think they're just regular kids, but they're doing extraordinary things. And what I do say you do to them, you get a dummy? So I say, <laughs> but here's what, the truth, what you though. These really kids, stupid. because of what has been going on at admissions, because there are all these spots reserved for kids that don't deserve to get admitted, these regular <laughs> kids actually have to reach a certain level that is inhuman. And what we're doing is we're, we're basically having to tell our own kids, listen, You've got to walk on water, and that's the only way you're going to get in. But and that's all mothers the sad part. believe their babies walk on water. Mine didn't. <laughs> my, my, my angel well, walks well, I have, on I have water. I have an admissions question. Sure. Are the admissions officers under some, I would call, tacit pressure, especially in athletics, where there's money coming? Let's say you're at Notre Dame and you're an admissions officer, and the Notre Dame football program generates millions and millions and millions of dollars. Is there an unspoken... Look the other way if the athlete's not that good. Fudge the thing and sign off. I'm not going to speak for other admissions officers, but I can tell you the pressure on these very young, usually, admissions officers. I mean, I was a law school dropout, and then I got my first admissions job, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I have all this power. Um, You're not getting paid very much. You're young, but you actually have a lot of influence in the admissions office, except except for those athletes. Because I can remember being a first-year admissions officer at an Ivy League university, and I was saying, this student athlete has C's and D's on the record. How can we possibly sign off on that? And then I got pulled into the dean of admissions office, that first committee, and he said, don't ever do that again. And, you know. What about children of celebrities? They, now, in the past, we everything's changed now, right? Well, yeah. Everything Allegedly. is. Allegedly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now you're I, a lawyer. I remember literally, like, we would get a call, you know, and then, then it was email. This is, I'm dating myself. But if a celebrity chi- celebrity's child was actually visiting the college or campus on a specific day, everybody knew. The red carpet was rolled out. Hmm. That family was treated incredibly well. But here's the thing. It's not just celebrity families that were treated this way. There were a lot of families who were just well-connected. It's not, you know, survival of the fittest. It's survival of the most connected in admissions, or at least it has been for years. So, very quiet. so I, taught, <laughs> I taught at USC for six years and as an adjunct professor. Home ec? Uh, home ec. <laughs> um, 
my souffles never fell. <laughs> um, so I had a class on Monday night, and it was a four-hour credit class. It was entertainment, public relations, and I had a lot of a lot of um, athletes on scholarship because my class never went more than two hours, and they would get four hours credit. It was easy. They'd wrote papers. My favorite, my favorite email I ever got was from one of the football players who shall remain nameless, Carson Palmer. Um, <laughs> dear Professor Bragman. Well, first of all, Professor Bag- Bragman. From now on, that's how I'm going to refer to you. Dear Professor Bragman, I'm sorry I'm a little behind in my um, in some of my coursework. I've been a little busy, B-U-I-Z-Y, this oh. semester. <laughs> and I'm like, and then I like see him, his contracts. He's making like a $30 million. I think he's making $30 million and he can't spell busy. <laughs> <laughs> Hamburger. <laughs> but speaking of sort of making people show up, Jane Buckingham, whose entire career has been based on be your authentic self. Don't lie. You know, let me consult to you about millennials and the trends and honesty. But what do you do? What, what about someone like that who has spent her life sort of espousing honesty? And then she goes and gets suppose, allegedly gets like a writing sample, lets her kid take the ACT at home, which we all know no one's allowed to take the ACT at home. I don't care what accommodations you get. Actually, Sarah, I want to ask you about accommodations. Sure. Because everybody has accommodations now. And it, will you explain what they are? Yeah. So it used to be just related to standardized tests. If your child was going to be taking the SAT or the ACT and you thought that they had some learning issues, you would meet with a professional, usually a psychologist certified, um, to um, identify learning differences. And you would then have to, if the psychologist or professional had identified that the student needed extra time or extra accommodations, um, the family would then submit the materials to the college board, which oversees the SAT or the ACT. Um, I think when we were growing up, there were probably just a handful of kids when we were taking the ACT or SAT that actually had accommodations. We probably didn't know. Now it is widespread. But so Jane Buckingham, because I wanted to talk about her for a second. Yeah. The kid, how did that happen? The child was allowed to take the ACT at home. Well, here's the thing. I, I dug around a little bit more after our conversation. What happened was the mom registered him for to take the ACT in Houston. But they live in Brentwood. Yeah, this happens all the time. Families will you know, fly their kid here and there just to take a test in a certain situation or a certain environment. And if Rick Singer's involved, he's going to make sure that he controls the test center. And that's what happened in Houston. Jane Buckingham's son got very sick. I forget what he had, tonsillitis or something. He couldn't fly out to Houston. Allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) Singer's guy (laughs) at the test center. Cooper, um, cough. We're going to Houston. (laughs) the, (laughs) the, The guy who took the test was singer's guy he took the test for jane buckingham now here's the jane but, buckingham well, how do they do that because they check id that's not the really melissa how well, many, no, fa- how many like, fake ids have you had tell me about it i only have one <laughs> come on now i only have one and cooper has two and they already took one okay away. i'm just remember saying. when you were the african warlord yes just yes yeah i'm just saying yeah but no but cooper they did they did pull one of his the first like week of school someone busted him with one of his fake ids but luckily now when you order them they send you two 
<laughs> How did he walk into the room and say, I'm, you know. If the test center is run by Rick Singer, anyone can walk in and take a test for a kid. Um, and then I believe, correct, and maybe you guys can help me, but I believe she told her son, because of your accommodation, son, you can take the test at home. Isn't that great? So supposedly, allegedly, he did not realize that bone there was spurs. anything. He had bone spurs. <laughs> yes, bone spurs in his fingers. <laughs> and he, I mean, gosh, he got a 35 out of 36, which is extraordinary. That's the kind of score I say that's rarefied air. If you can get a 35 on the ACT and if everything else matches up But what are you that. doing for your kid to put him in an environment and in a school, say the kid gets into right. Stanford or fail. Harvard, right. in a school he's ill-equipped to succeed in? I, I will say one thing, being an Ivy League graduate, the Ooh. hard part is getting in. You got to work really hard to exactly. get thrown out. Right, no, to get thrown out, I mean, you got to make a huge effort. I spent one uh, semester on academic probation, and I got to tell you, I had to work hard to get onto it. Right, but okay, here's my question. <laughs> Piggybacking onto what Howard said, you're setting up a child to fail. You can cheat your way through the test, you can cheat your way into school, now what? Yeah. And right. if, again, back to Lori Loughner for a second, if you have that kind of money and resource, why not just set the kid up in life if he's not qualified to go to a school like that? I set him up. Because, because it's about the, the sweatshirt. It's about the parent. My it's child went to SC. It's about them. It's like yes. yeah, but I'm saying it's a disservice to the child. They, if not, Lori Loughlin has that them. kind of money that she can take two kids who can't get into college to get into a college, why not just open a business for them? Help and them that way. Massimo has that kind of money. Yeah, well, and Massimo's right. a big USC guy. Right. right. Well, but not well, everybody is made to go to college. Right. I exactly. I mean, I'm America's college counselor, and I'm going to say that to my three kids. I believe one of them probably will not go to college, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. You're right, because if I were to send one of them, the one that I'm worried about, you know, it's not the right fit for every single kid, and but also. You can get a great education at almost any college in the country. It doesn't have to be this name brand. A friend of mine did research about kids who got into Ivy League schools and state schools. And the kids who got into both did just as well in life at the state schools. If you have the smarts, you're going to do well wherever you can are. I just and you might as well. A sociological thing in here. Save the money. Oh, Jesus. Everybody shouldn't go to college. We need people who don't go to college. Being in college isn't the end all for everybody. I mean, I went to college, Harvard, community college, but I did go to <laughs> It's not the end all for everybody. You don't have to go to college to be successful and happy and productive. You know, most freshman boys are majoring in drinking beer and chasing girls. Yeah. Let's be honest. That's what, 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 they, what they, that they do. Um, I want to go back to Jane Buckingham for a second. So she has this career where she is telling everyone how to live and how to be honest and all these millennials. How much of a hit does she take? And my other question is, is she now open, because she owns a big consulting firm, to mm. lawsuits? Mm. Well, I don't think her business, was her business directly involved in any of this? No, but she held herself but, out right. as. Right, so you're saying, so she's so just people a pay liar her all the, in general. I don't but think all these if, people paid her all this money to come right. and consult and give lectures and all these things, and suddenly right. everything that she was telling you so I don't is see a that lie. As, yeah, I don't see that as a meritorious lawsuit because I don't think people have to be perfect and if she's lying in her family life and her personal life but she's not lying in her business 
I don't think even anybody's if she's giving speeches, hold her liable. Even if she's giving speeches about being honest? I mean, I hear you. I think her brand is probably going to take a major hit, so I would, I would toss that over to Howard. I would love to take her on and turn that around. Yeah, I think and it how is, do you turn that around? A big me I think you own it, and you yes. say you, you get blinded by your own child and you say here's the lesson i've learned out of this absolutely i think i would love her as a client if you got her number give it to me Um, (laughs) The the lesson is what the lesson is you have to be as staunch with your own family as you would with your business. You have to have the same standards at home as you would in the workplace. And you have to hold the same standards to your kids that you would to your employees. Howard, you know, jumping on what you're saying, a lot of people Good up until you. now have no idea who Jane Buckingham is. Yeah, She's I, not think... Fl- I think it's a counter. I think there's probably 100 million people who now know who she is who had no idea prior to this. Okay, so Howard, what I think do that I helps do to get brand. 100 million people to know who I am? What do Listen, I need to do? As I always say, I, people go, can you get me on the cover of a magazine? Right. I always say, I can get anybody on the cover of a magazine. Are you willing to do what it takes? Is <laughs> yeah. the <question>. Right. <laughs> But I think, you know, what you're saying, Howard, and, you know, Melissa, you just went through this process, and I see parents. I have younger kids. I can't say I've been through it as a parent. You do, you think crazy things. You are paranoid. You're so worried about every single step of the process. So I agree with you. She could have a wonderful message to families who are about to go through the process, who have high aspirations and big ambitions to send their kids to these great institutions or Ivy League institutions, I do think she's got a great message. We forgive people in America. We are human beings. But the definition of a human is somebody who's going to screw up at some point in their life. Mm -hmm. And we forgive people because we are all part of the human condition. We, uh, you know. Larry and I don't like forgiving people. I'm just saying. We live. Leon is not. Yes. Uh, we live in, you know, in the last couple of years, we've entered what we call cancel culture, right? Mm-hmm. You make a mistake and you're dead for the rest of your life and you should never work again. Those of us, um, perhaps with a little age, like 3,000 years on us, mm-hmm. um, uh, those of us a little older who've seen a little more, we don't like that. And in fact, in the last few weeks, Obama addressed that woke he culture. Did. Yes, he did. And he did. I thought he did it very eloquently yes. that we have to learn to forgive people and we have to understand that we're all human beings. We're all going to make mistakes. What is the motivation? The motivation's your kids. We all understand that. You want the best for your kids. I think she has a message that can resonate there. I think there's something strong. And... Yeah, she's going to pay a good retainer, but we're going to get good good (laughs) stuff out of it. But the precursor to forgiveness is an apology Mm -hmm. and an acknowledgement of what has been done wrong. Yes. I mean, I'm somebody who very strongly believes in that. And by the way, you know, I've, I've written articles on apology. An apology does not mean... You're 100% wrong. It means you're 100% committed to moving forward. And to do it, you take 120% responsibility. And a big-ass retainer. (laughs) Duh. (laughs) Like, Howard's going to have his, like, vacation home, and it's just going to have a list of donors. It's going to be like the donor wall at a college. (laughs) Special things, too. And it's just going to have a whole huge list. Uh, Before we wrap it up, I want to ask, what is going to happen? Let's go around the room. Sarah, what's going to happen? Everything's changed in college admissions. Hmm. So you cannot get someone important to call up and advocate for your child. You're not going to be able to donate money before your child applies. 
there are going to be more checks and balances within an admissions office, which is a good thing. Um, and I hope that we can celebrate regular kids doing extraordinary things that are truly honest and authentic. Hmm. Well, Lisa, what do you think? So I would like to believe that, you know, as an attorney who specializes in representing victims of discrimination, I work with ordinary people who are, are victims of that kind of thing and see this as just absolutely appalling. And I hope, I think we have a long way to go, though, to root out the preference for the wealthy, the celebrities. It's still way too easy to lie. And we've got to make this whole system a lot more egalitarian. Howard, my beloved. You know, we didn't check shoes at the TSA until somebody mm. put a bomb in their shoe. Okay. Every time something like this happens, we get a higher level of scrutiny. We're going to scrutinize more. And it's sad that this happens, but this is the way society evolves and changes. And this is what we're going to have to do. We're going to probably do DNA tests at testing centers now. And we're going to have to do different things. And the saddest part of this whole thing is the kids who didn't get into college, those kids who were marginal because these one or two people paid their way in. And you imagine you were on the waiting list and you didn't get in, and these celebrity kids did. And hey, that's hey, where hey. your heart breaks. Easy. Easy on the celebrity kids. You've got two generations right here. <laughs> Roll that back a minute, my friend. <laughs> Sabrina? I am a little jaded. So I don't think that this is going to stop. I think where there's a will, there's a way. Mm. And people are going to find more creative ways to get away with what they want, which is self-serving for themselves. It's that nepotism. It's whatever it is that keeps you going. I just feel like it will continue. Because, I mean, like you guys, have, we've all been saying here today, this hasn't just started it just got to a place where people were more entitled and more bodacious about it. They just came out and said, I'm going to do arrogant. You're very arrogant. So I think it'll die down a little bit and then they'll rise again from the ashes. That's and, and I do feel for the kids. I really do. And the parents, the agony and stuff that they go through. But that's life. Larry. I think the Laughlin's will have a reality show. Mm -hmm. Instead of Full House, will be Big House. <laughs> and they'll all live in jail together. And the network that will do it? Bob Saget's going to work again? This is <laughs> Sadly, yes. Oh, I love Bob. I'm kidding. I like but Bob. He's a friend. I love Bob. Uh, what do I think? Uh, not that anybody gives well, a rat's ass. Yes, what do you think? I am so happy that I am finished with the process. I am so happy that I got through it with my son being a legitimate recruit that had nothing to do with me. And I am so happy that I no longer have to stalk uh, assistant coaches around lacrosse tournaments to see if they're writing his name down. <laughs> so, you know, my life's gotten much easier. I want to thank everyone. This is something I think that's just, it's going to be an ongoing topic. And I think it's absolutely fascinating and something that I know my friends are all talking about and texting about. And I love this. Thank you for... Mm -hmm for your opinions and your insights. Thank you. Thank you.